All right. Well, it is June 30th, 2022, the final day of the 2021-2022 OG Cornman season. Sanchez, enjoy that trophy while you have it. The imaginary trophy because you, the onus was on you to get one, and you didn't do it. Uh, so hmm. you've now relegated that task to the winner of next season, unless you order it tonight, which I, I'm pretty sure we're not putting the episode out until tomorrow morning, so well, you're probably fucked. He still has six months if he wants to be a good guy. but Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But anyway, that's all for Sanchez Talk. We're on to a new season. Um we had a lot go on. We had a rookie draft. We had some big trades. Uh, we are recording at 540 tonight, so we've seen a lot of players get dropped, but I'm sure there's still some names that are going to hit the market uh, in the coming hours. Uh, we have about six and a half hours before you need to be under the cap and ready to go for the draft. Gino, what do you want to talk about today? It's great to be back. Uh, personal note, down 16 and a half pounds since the start of the year. Should have been probably 25 if I laid off the beer, but things are going well from the health department. If you guys could see right now, I got a, a hazy IPA and leaning up against it is a red vape. Uh, I don't know about that. I we're happy for you, Gina. I can't see it real well, but yeah, it might be what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for corn. It's been a very interesting last 24 hours, interesting last couple months of the off season. Like you mentioned before, we had that rookie draft, which was electric. I really like the format of it, kind of stretch it out over a few days. And uh, here we are, you know, buckle up. We got training camp starting in about three weeks. I think July 23rd is the earliest, if I'm not mistaken, which is your Rams. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited. We're about to dive into a lot of content here. And then uh, the shows are only going to get increasingly more frequent as the weeks go on. So uh, stay tuned, boys. Yeah, we, uh, we big news, secured budget from our sponsors to allow for a weekly episode leading up to the vet draft. So stay tuned. Uh, like, subscribe, swipe up, do whatever you got to do. The people, you know, we need you. And and this is supposed to be a good year, a good harvest this mm-hmm. summer uh, leading into the fall. So uh, the corn will be flowing. Uh, before we get into the content about rookie draft, free agents, sleepers, maybe some fraud talk. Uh, before we get there, I want to go over a few of the rules. There have been some intriguing conversations going on in the group chat, uh, all very valid questions. So for this year, I think I just want to lay down what the rules are. Um, and of course, we can discuss changing them as we go forward. But essentially, uh, we had the rookie draft, very successful draft. Uh, teams drafted anywhere from, I think nobody drafted zero players, but anywhere from one to probably about six guys over the course of the draft. Uh, they, as you know, will not be uh, hit with cornflation. Their price is their price. Uh, they will not see a salary raise until next season. Um, today at midnight or 11.59, uh, you will be required to cut your roster uh, to 25 players as well as be below the $345 cap mark. You can be on the number, uh, either on your player amount or your cap space. So you could have 25 guys and $345 uh, as long as you're accounting for cornflation. And you could have 10 guys like Gino or however many he's got on 17. his roster. 17. It looks a little slim over there. But uh, there was talk about dropping players uh, between now and the vet draft. It, it's a, It's an intriguing argument. There's some personal, uh, I guess, priority to that question, given the uh, rapist that is being tried right now in Deshaun Watson. He was already cut, though. So Yeah, he was already cut, but I think they would have kept him had we not, uh, you know, implemented or held the roster lock. So <laughs> the roster is due lock. You can trade. You just cannot drop players. Uh, the discussion there was that, you would technically have a competitive advantage if Mm -hmm. you just waited until the final day. Um, And not necessarily a a competitive advantage, but it would basically just turn into free agency as opposed to a a draft. So feel free to trade uh, as long as you stay under the cap. So you can't do a trade that would require you to drop a player, uh, but it shouldn't be an issue for for most teams. So 
Gino, does that cover mostly what, what we need to talk about going into the vet draft? Covers everything. The only tidbit I'll add is there was some rumblings, which thankfully was shot down, of having an IR spot if someone has a season-ending injury. I mean, that's horseshit. Um, so part of my French. But last year, you know, I drafted two guys. They were out for the season in, in August. So it would be very unfair to start that this year. I think it's just unfair overall. So I'm happy we nixed that conversation. But, of course, um, we need to keep the printing presses open, freedom of speech. Speeches of utmost importance. It's it's league. Freedom Day in a few days. Yeah, uh, so well, it's we, we day respect we respect the opinion is all I'm saying. Right, right, and and this is not um, uh, you know an authoritarian rule. You're very open uh, minded in terms of if someone has suggestions. We'll hear you out and we'll put it to a vote. So I, keep them coming. Um, but that was one of the rules that I was very um, opposed of because. You know, last year I had two guys who I easily could have stashed there, and I don't want to start that in year two after uh, an unfair beginning to my campaign. So. Right. Uh, listen, and that period between the Super Bowl and the rookie draft is the time to propose new rules. We can vote on them, um, and and it wouldn't cause any controversy. You know, the day before the the cut day. So. Um, yeah, I think that covers it for the rules, right, Gino? So. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the rookie draft. Uh, nothing too crazy, but, um, you know, some teams did a lot to bolster their rosters. Uh, the teams who committed to the tank or, you know, maybe we'll, we'll be politically correct and say they, they knew that they were going to have a good pick and they did a lot of research. So those guys, uh, let's see if they uh, – you know, did enough to become competitive immediately uh, following the start of the rebuild. So, Gino, I'll let you kick it off if there's yeah. anything that sticks out in the first two rounds maybe that you want to go over. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, not first two rounds, but macro level on the rookie draft. I really like what Snake Eyes did. Uh, he had a boatload of picks coming in. Uh, he even had the first overall pick, then he traded it. He did a lot of maneuvering. Um, I think here he has, what, seven overall picks, seven total picks, I want to say. I could be wrong there. Um, but like what he did pretty much in each and every round, adding playmakers, starting with Garrett Wilson. Not only is he a Jet, um, but he fits a need for the Snake Eyes, bolstering that wide receiver core for the next few years. Um, Malik Willis, kind of a project, might start next year. But guys uh, that he got in the third round and even uh, beyond, I really like too. The David Bell pick, the Damon Pierce pick, uh, those are round two guys. Mechie, I really like too. So. Hats off to Snake Eyes for doing a, a good job in uh, early May with his corn crops. Um, obviously, I know we have some bust picks that we might yeah, and just, snort just, out. We're going to talk about those. I think important to also note that Snake Eyes did get James Conner in that deal yep. that saw him give – I mean, we call it what it is now. Uh, it was James Conner for Brees Hall. So mm-hmm. – um, and and – Snake Eyes gave up Elijah Moore as well, but you have to imagine that with the the Garrett Wilson pick, he wasn't keeping Elijah Moore. I, I don't Probably know, not, right? Yeah. You'd think. So um, interesting trade, and, and it's one that I think now that it's in the books, we can keep an eye on and see, you know, there are teams in different spots, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. We can assess that as the years go on. Right. Um, yeah, I think uh, also with that in mind, the other player who um, – had a lot of draft picks or well did 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 the phantoms have a lot of picks or did they they really they're stockpiled for next year right yeah but he had what five um so five through four rounds you know i think he he nailed it with justin ross um at the end of round three i'm sorry he had six picks uh end it with justin ross in the end of na- uh, round three i like that uh, rashad white's going to be a good player the pick that stands out to me the most, which I didn't like, was uh, Traylon Burks. But, you know, to each his own. He liked Traylon Burks over a guy like Jamison Williams, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, Jahad Dotson. So um, I don't think Traylon Burks is going to be the best of those bunch. But uh, overall, outside of that pick, I do like what uh, the Phantoms did in the offseason as well. Yeah, he, uh, he's he been wheezing a little bit. Weezer. Yeah. I, Brad <laughs> loves the, the guys like – you know, we'll be sitting there watching Red Zone and EP's living room. 
Brad loves the guys who look really fucking tired at the end of their runs. Mm-hmm. Traylon is going to be gassed when he gets like a deep ball called back for offensive holding. Oh, is that a – Gino pulled up the ghastly picture, the Pokemon. No, not ghastly. Coffin. Coffin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like Traylon Burks, actually. Go look that up uh, if you're listening at home. Um, yeah, and I think the only other one is sort of a fun little thing to call out. And we're going to go over all the teams over the next couple weeks. So don't don't think like we didn't uh, – we're not covering this, but, you know, given the day that it is with cut day, we want to talk more about free agents and mm-hmm. cuts and things like that. But we will talk about Mr. Irrelevant. It was, well, it was going to be Boats' only pick of the draft. But Mr. Irrelevant, uh, I, I think he's got the best name in the league, uh, Chig Okonkwo. And I'm pretty sure his, like, his full name I'm going to pull it up right now while we're here, but it's something sweeter than that. Um, but that's that was going to be Sanchez's – it's Chigosium Oconquo. So, Sanchez, well done. Good pick. Uh, he's trying to get the Rooney Rule uh, draft pick with that one. But, um, <laughs> had to check the box. Yeah, he was uh, – Sanchez had an interesting draft. He was the first overall pick and the last overall pick. So, uh, kind of like what he did with, with both picks, but – yeah, um, again, like you said before, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the rookie draft because over the next couple weeks, we're going to break down each team and kind of what they did overall and kind of what their needs are heading into the season. So, you know, I wanted to touch it a little bit. Um, you know, hats off to, to guys like Snake Eyes who did a really good rebuilding job. Um, HHC adding the future rookie of the year, Chris Olave. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of props there, but uh, I think we're just going to transition and talk about Corn Cut Day. Um, I, oh, I do want to say one last thing um fraud is there a fraud alert no fraud no fraud alert okay but uh in that vein you talked about Traylon Burks the guy who went right after him in my opinion if we want to talk about worst pick in the draft I love the kid. We enjoyed a concert together. He taught me what galactic, or sorry, intergalactic fish uh, was. But uh, I mean, Kenny Pickett at seven is looking pretty bad. I mean, listen, Andrew, if you could turn me into a Colin Cowherd uh, fucking soundbite right now for this uh, little soliloquy I'm on, that's great. But he's he's apparently light years behind uh, yeah. Trubisky. That's tough. To now hear. I didn't like the pick, but I think where. The logic was for Gumbo is that he gave up a second-round pick in the Jimmy G trade, so he couldn't really wait for a quarterback in that second round. You saw Malik Willis go. You saw future Hall of Famer Desmond Ritter go. Um, and then, obviously, uh, Matt Corral and Sam Howell. But I think Gumbo almost was forced to take Kenny Pickett given his situation at QB. So while I don't like the pick, I understand it from a value standpoint. I mean, look, It'll- would you rather have James, James Williams on your team? Yeah. But I think he was almost forced to pick Pickett. No yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's there's arguments about whether or not in a rookie draft you ever draft to your need or if you right. just take the best player. But I I do think we will see Cosmic Gumbo active in the vet draft uh, in the quarterback market. I don't know if he's got the funds for some of these big oh, name guys, but freed up could a we little see, bit. Could we see him uh, in the market for like a a Baker Mayfield maybe? I think you he know might. someone just a starting guy like maybe a starting guy. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but. Uh, he freed, anyway, he freed up some money, Jim, but we'll talk about that we, soon. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in the weeks to come. Um, all right, so we're going to go to a uh, Mr. Raps break right now. When we get back, uh, we are going to talk about the most intriguing free agents. And, again, this is as of 5.40 p.m. on June 30th, 2022. Mr. Raps, don't be fooled. We're more than just raps. From the barbecue sauce to the hummus, we make it homemade, going on our 16th year. Hashtag more than wraps. Oh, Gino with the fucking ad read of the century. I, you should have seen me. I was laughing my ass off trying to keep it together. But uh, Don't worry, Trident. We have you soon. <laughs> Trident, you're in the next week's episode. Uh, we will be happy to be receiving your mission statement over email. Uh, all right. Most intriguing free agents, what we're going to do here is we did like a draft style uh, top 10 uh, mm-hmm. most intriguing free agents. We went one for one. Uh, we're going to talk about that player how much we think they're going to go for, mm-hmm. and to whom. So Gino is going to kick it off. Who do you got at number one overall, Gino? Uh, number one overall, he wasn't cut today. Hint, hint, he was cut a while ago. He was on a championship roster. My most intriguing free agent, 
is going to be Zeke Elliott. Uh, last year, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he was in that 50 range. Um, I can't see now, but I believe he was around that $54 range. Uh, here's the thing about Zeke Elliott is there's a f- false narrative that he's old. He's only about 26 years old, and he's still How old is Todd Gurley? Uh, he's out of league, so I don't really care. But I think Todd Gurley is, what, 30, 31? Um, no chance. 29? I'd say he's probably anyway. He's like probably twenty six, yeah. twenty seven. But Zeke Elliott still could play. Uh, we saw that last year, despite uh, some of his struggles. He was injured, looked a little bit slow at times, but he still finished as as an RB one. There's no doubt in my mind he'll be an RB two. He'll probably float around that you know thirteenth to sixteenth overall running back. Uh, he's going to be on a good offense. He's going to score ten plus touchdowns. He's going to be very very consistent and reliable. Um, I think a lot of people are going to go after him who need that running back, that second running back, or even that third one um, who might have dropped the guy. You know, we saw Kamara get dropped. We saw other running backs get dropped. So he's going to be a guy who a lot of people go after. Now, the thing about the vet draft always is when do guys get nominated? Um, So I'm just going to hypothetically say he gets nominated first. That's going to drive his price point up. Um, a lot of cap has been freed up over the past 24 to 48 hours. So I think he's going to go for right around that same price that he was last year. You know, floor around 48, but I could see eclipsing 50. I'll settle on 52. Uh, he is going to be a difference maker for a team who gets him. Sanchez could get him again at a cheaper price. That could have been his, you know, method to his madness all along. Um, but I think Sanchez cut him with the intent of not bringing him back. Um, so I say he'll go to a different team. Which is who? I can't predict now. Well, that's the game that we're playing. That's the game that we're playing, Jim? I yeah, we're, just... and we're playing that game. And also, we're the corn Illuminati, so we can make a little bit of a sway here by saying these things out loud. Okay. I think he goes to Evil Stevie. Huh. Um, okay. Evil Stevie traded away David Montgomery. Evil Stevie has freed up an enormous amount it's a pretty of cap. thin. It's a pretty thin running back room. Right. Um, I mean, he does have some nice pieces, although some people in the league won't agree. I like Damian Harris. Um, he has Kareem Hunt. So, again, I don't think he's over the top, like, in need of a running back. I just think when push comes to shove, he wants Zeke. He has the money for Zeke. He's going to dish it out for Zeke. And $52 for Evil Stevie is a drop in the bucket. So I think he goes to Evil Stevie, and that might be a common theme uh, over the next nine picks here. Okay. Uh, I think that is an interesting opener. To me, it was a no br- – to see Kyler on the board here at two overall of the rookie – or the free agent draft, I mean, to me, he's the most intriguing guy. He He's a known game breaker uh, when it comes to being able to use his feet, and we know that's really important in corn with, with six-point rushing touchdowns versus four-point passing touchdowns. Definitely. Um, he could also do it through the air. Uh, and then – most importantly, we play in a Superflex league, uh, and to have what I would say, even when he struggles, he's got the ability to be a top seven guy every single week, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty valuable. Yep. So um, to me, Kyler is the no-brainer. I think there are a few people who are in the mix mm-hmm. to get him. Um, I, I think we could see who who – would be hurting themselves by adding Kyler. You know what I mean? If you, no. if you can win that, if you could win that bid, uh, I think really there will be teams that come out of the woodwork. Like, you know, even a Sanchez who's just got a Josh Allen and Tom Brady. One of those guys is probably done soon. But either way, I think, in my opinion, I'm going to go with one of the usual suspects and say that he's going either to Cosmic Gumbo mm-hmm. The shrimp, or I think maybe a little sneakily. I, although I don't think he has the cash for it, I was going to say he's a phantom. So he could use some quarterback help, but I believe Kyler Murray. I think the bidding is going to slow down when we hit eighty mm-hmm. at his at his bid. Uh, you think I he's going to go for it? I think Kyler's going to go for eighty-seven dollars. Wow! I mean, count me out. He's a rental. There's going to be a lot of rentals. These are rental, no, hundred uh, percent, and I agree with you on that. But I think the price is. You're going to see. I think it's going to be interesting. You're going to see some good players get fucking tossed like a bone in this league mm-hmm. because people are going to say, "Fuck it, I'll spend ninety dollars on them and just keep them for one year, and I'll throw them back in there." And right. and there could be guys who become serial versions of that. So I'm going with Kyler at number two. Gino, where where are you going next? I like it. Um, my next pick. 
sorry, I had a few different Excel spreadsheets open. I'll be throwing them the ball this year. Yep. Um, the next one I, I don't think is very tough. Um, another guy who was cut today, um, another very expensive contract, um, was Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek Hill, I could have sworn he wasn't going to get dropped, even though he was, let's go here with... 75 no he was he was 60 dollars last year so he's so he's going to be 69 coming into this year um if gumbo only cut Kamara and only cut big ben because big ben's a retired rapist um <laughs> if I, you're if you're keeping score at home that's right. two rapists i believe today. he would have had 280 dollars in cap with keeping tyree kill with the core inflation now as you look at it now uh, our buddy Gumbo has over $175 available pre-tax. So they'll probably be around 140 130 So he definitely freed up a lot. Uh, I didn't think that was going to happen, but it created a lot of buzz. It actually kind of set the dominoes for other guys to get cut. But you know what you're getting in Tyreek Hill? Will he be as good in Miami as he's going to be in Kansas City? No, I think that's safe to say. Will he still be a top 12 receiver? Yes, I think that's safe to say. Um, and you just look at what Waddle did last year. He took a lot of short passes, high volume, and he scored a lot. Um, I, I think Tyreek Hill is going to be a 1,200-plus yard guy, 10-touchdown-plus guy. So I think people are going to bid on him. Um, I don't think he's going to be as expensive as some of the top wide receivers, but I think he's still going to go in that 50 to 60 range, kind of what he was last year. I'm going to say he's going to go for $62. And I'm going to give him to a very, very needy wide receiver room, Motley Jew, who currently right now pre-tax um, has $135 with the tax. Motley Jew, not cutting anyone, will have around $94, let's call it. Um, he might just say, or they might just say, look, we have $94. <laughs> We're writing a blank check, to, blank check to Tyreek, whatever he bids up to. If it's 60, boom. If it's 70, boom, whatever. That's our guy. They need wide receivers. I mean, you have to start three in this league, and I don't think they have two starting wide receivers. So I think they're going to throw him a bone. Uh, I'll say around $62, $65 to Motley Joe. Yeah. Uh, when you got a guy like Tua throwing him the ball, I mean, he's worth every penny. And he, I mean, what, what was the quote? He's the most accurate quarterback he's ever played with? Yeah, within three yards. No, well, I mean. Yeah, within three yards. I he, think that, that was the end of the quote. Yeah, that was the end of the quote. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Gino was there. Uh, okay, I am going to go at the fourth pick. Uh, maybe a little bit surprising based on some of the names who are available, but I am going to go with Mr. Tutty, Kyle Pitts, at number four uh, as the fourth most intriguing free agent available. Talent-wise, like current talent, he's not the most intriguing guy. Uh, I think he's obviously he's going into his second year. He's yet to reach his potential. I don't think his situation is getting better this year, unfortunately. But it, it would be hard to argue that he's not going to be, at the very least, like a 1B option in that mm -hmm. offense and probably getting better coverages. Uh, although he, he seems to be the type of tight end who's just going to be a wide receiver, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but... Kyle Pitts, uh, as a dynasty asset, if if the person who wins him in this in this auction gets him for, I don't know, below forty dollars, mm -hmm. you could kind of ride that wave for three, three or so years, three four years maybe, um, and I think that sets that sets a, a team up to just say, all right, I'm done thinking about the wide receiver position or the tight end position um, for the next couple of years. So. Uh, with that being said, uh, I think I don't have an exact price, but I want to say he will be in that $40 range. Mm -hmm. I think he was a little – I think people were still kind of figuring out how the league worked, and he was a little bit overvalued. You can't really suck the dynasty value out of a guy if you pay too, too much money for him. So mm -hmm. uh, let's call it $40, and I'm actually going to say they get another one, uh, Motley Jew. Uh, getting Kyle Pitts. Obviously, he, they can't get both. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm looking at Juwan Johnson and Dalton Schultz. People are high on Dalton Schultz, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, if, if you ha I think if you have the money that they have and the, the, the perceived uh, talent on their roster, right. uh, their perception, 
um, at, at some of these different uh, positions, I could see them investing in tight end and having a guy who can really uh, smash at the position. So that's that's my guess for Pitts. I don't hate that. I just don't think Motley Jew um, would spend that much money when he already has, in my opinion, a starting tight end, tight end one. However, since you have to start a flex, he's not going to start a third or fourth wide receiver because he has – two starting wide receivers now. So I think you could make the argument that he does spend a lot to kind of get that flex spot, which would then be... Probably not a tight end, right? I mean... Yeah, it's not ridiculous. I would rather start Kyle Pitts over Curtis Samuel, Devontae Parker, and Nico Collins. Yeah, of course. I mean, (laughs) of course. Of course. No, well, the real question becomes, would you rather start Dalton Schultz than any of those guys? Right. Um, And I think the answer still might be yes. Uh, The answer is definitely still yes. So um, I agree with you. Um, My next pick. um, I love this pick, by the way. Is Clyde edwards Alaire. Uh, CEH. I was hoping you'd hit that. Couple week, couple years ago, everyone was propping him up to be a first round fantasy stud. I bit the bait. Oh, a little self pumping here for Jino. And I got hooked right into a subpar performance his rookie season. Uh, stayed way away his second year, both in corn and redraft. Uh, he went expensive last year. He was a $42 guy, uh, if I'm not mistaken, $43 guy. Yeah, 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 him and Antonio, both. Yep, so his core inflation would have been 50 on the nose. That's an easy cut for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. However, he still has a lot of value, and he's not going to be an RB1. I think those days of considering him an RB1 are well beyond you. However, he has the potential to be in anywhere from RB20 to RB28 in that range, so I think he'll be a consistent solid, reliable running back two all season. The big thing that I worry about him there is the influx or addition of Ronald Jones take away a lot of goal line play. If Ronald Jones is taking away more carries, then all of a sudden Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might not be as valuable. But But could you argue that the loss of Reek could open up even more kind of like in the short yardage. In the past game, too, and that's why I think he'll probably set a career high this year in receptions and receiving yards. Uh, it's not that high of a bar, but I still think he'll be a lot more active in that space. Uh, and also, too, the report came out, I think, in March or February. He was playing through a pretty bad injury his second season uh, all the way through the playoffs. I know he got nicked up a little bit his rookie season, so – Considering that he stays healthy for all 17 games, considering that he's still an active part of the passing game, um, I do like his value. Again, like I said, he's not going to be an RB1, but he'll be a nice RB2, even a nice RB3 for teams that need that second running back. I think he's going to go for around $30, so not the 43 that he was yesterday, uh, last year, but I think 30 And I'm going to give him to me. That's right. Tip in the hand. I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and wouldn't mind adding him to the HHC. But has to be for the right price. $50 was an easy cut, so obviously I'm not going north of that. I probably won't even go north of $40. Uh, so if we do get in a bidding war a month from now, you know my plan. And we do know that Gino does not smoke. We were sitting in this very apartment the night of the draft when Olave went to the Saints. Mm-hmm. And Gino said, I am taking him at four in the rookie draft. And pick. he did just that. So people... Pay attention. This man does not smoke. I lie about a lot of things. Not fantasy. Uh, yeah, I like that. I, I think I, I think Clyde is going to actually be able to get to do the thing that he was drafted to do mm-hmm. now, and that's catch passes. Uh, I think he's going to be a security blanket when Kansas City finds that they really only have Kelsey now. Yep. Uh, I think there's a lot of bums on that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Uh Next player I'm going to talk about is also a running back. Uh, this is the sixth most intriguing fran- uh, free agent, uh, according to your hosts. And I am going with Alvin Kamara. Uh, obviously, a lot of question marks surrounding this man. But it's hard to argue the player that he is when he's on the field. Um, I don't think there would be any question of where he falls if there's not a looming six-game suspension. Right. I think he would probably be the number one most intriguing. Yeah, there's an argument for sure. Um, So I I think what will be interesting is if 
a team who considers themselves a contender uh, is willing to pay the price and say, I think I can be four and two, even three and three uh, through the first six weeks and then get Kamara for what looks to be a a playoff run. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I I don't know if you know, Gino, but there were talks of the the suspension not necessarily coming at the beginning of the year. Correct. So the legality behind that real quick, uh, if I have this correctly, is – it's if it's a six game suspension, they could still appeal it. So let's just say the ruling comes out in the middle of August, you appeal it. Let's just say that process of appeal doesn't conclude until let's call it October thirty first for argument's sake. He'll play the first eight weeks, then he'll sit out week nine to six fifteen. Yeah. So I don't think it's gonna take that long. You think um, he'll just? Do you think he would just eat that? Do you think he would just not even appeal it for that reason? Yeah, because I, I don't think he's going to win the appeal. Right. Um, th- their argument is, as well, if we have him on the field for the first six weeks, maybe that's when they play tougher opponents. I haven't looked into the same schedule that much. Um, I think they're going to appeal it, but I don't think they're going to win. So if the first initial ruling is August, that gives you five and a half weeks before opening day. I think he's going to sit out week one through week six. I'm not a legal expert by any means. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the case may be, I think that the the – team who drafts him uh is hoping that there's some clarity uh mm-hmm. prior to the the vet draft right. i think that's looming yeah if there's no official uh you know appeal or even suspension handed down by the time we draft around august 1st it's it's a, it's a gamble so it i think is. in that case in my opinion you're more likely to see him go to like a middling rebuilding team mm-hmm. uh who says fuck it I'm just going to hopefully get this guy for a discount and yep. build around him um, moving forward. So with that in mind, I'll take like sort of an average of like – if he's all clear, um, you know, if he's all clear before the vet draft, he's going for uh, 60 plus. Easily. Uh, uh, easily. Probably more. So uh, that's going to be a big factor. I think if there's still um, some some minor – or if if he's been suspended or there's there's complete unknown, I think he can someone can get him for a deal for like forty five fifty bucks. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that if he is suspended, which all indications point to him being suspended for six weeks, um, people and again where people get nominated, it's a huge thing. If someone throws him out the first player, uh, right, it's, his price is going to be high. But if he goes towards the end of the auction draft when you know, funds have already been expended. Now, all of a sudden, you think you're looking around the room saying he doesn't have a lot of money now. Bid me, I can maybe get him for forty five. Yeah, yeah. Right. So th- th- there's a there's a lot. It's of, gonna like, be interesting. Art and science combined there, but uh, I agree with you. Do you have a, a team in mind? I do. I do. Um, <laughs> and this team, I think, would be a call. Uh, you know, it would be a team who's saying, "I'll take a." a lottery ticket shot on them. And I'm going to go with Snake Eyes. Mm. Uh, I think he... He picked up James Conner, and and that's a guy who's going to contribute immediately, in his opinion. Um, And then he's got some rookies, and and he's got a second-year guy who hopes to make a leap. So, for me, if Snake Eyes says, fuck it, uh, I wasn't going to have him anyway after six weeks. If I can stay in the mix and get him at the six, seven, eight-week mark... um, Maybe I can do something with some of these rookies I've gotten. So um, it'll be interesting, but my pick is Snake Eyes. Uh, if Kamara is like still unknown or having been handed down a six game suspension. Yeah, and I like that. I think Snake Eyes freed up a little bit of money today. He has 110 pre tax. So, you know, if you're looking at spending $50, $60 on a guy, um, he'll have that ability. And I think he did enough in the offseason with his receivers where he could kind of shift that attention to the running backs. So sure. I like that. Um, I'm aligned there, as they say in the corporate world. Um, I hate that term. Next. This Niger. is the seventh most intriguing free agent. Wanna be a baller. Darren Waller, 20-inch blades on the Impala. Like what I did there. Darren Waller. I'm all. I'm more of a walrus guy myself, but that's fine. That was. A, it, I could tell that was. A, Wanna be? A, that really hurt your brain to pull that one out. Baller. 
Anywho, I seen that in the shower. Uh, Darren Waller, uh, last year, very, very high expectations, went to the Phantoms. I want to say his contract was north of 50, I think actually in the $60. Oh, I'm not sure what his contract was um, because he was cut so long ago, so I didn't write it down, but um, it was high. Got hurt last year. Some, you know, fell below expectations when he was healthy. Darren Waller still locked in, in my opinion, as a top five tight end. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, you could argue that the addition of Devontae Adam hurts him. I think it actually helps him. I agree. Um, maybe not necessarily from a volume standpoint, but from an efficiency standpoint. Like, he's not going to have those games where he catches 13 balls anymore. Um, but if he, you know, averages around seven, averages around 80 yards, gets 10 plus touchdowns, he's going to be a tight end one. He's going to be the third or fourth best tight end. Well, he's end. certainly going to be getting, getting linebackers now with Devontae. Right. And I think just double and, coverage. And Renfro. Like, he's going to yeah. be that guy. Right. I mean, they're, they're talk about a sneaky team, especially with the addition of Josh McDaniels. I know this is not an NFL podcast, so I would love to talk about it, but. Um, that is going to be a team that a lot of people have their eyes on. Especially we're good. We're offenses. at the thirty-five minute mark, so we can we can take a little bit of <laughs> we can go on some tangents. Plenty of time. Um, how I look at this, though, I know you already talked about Kyle Pitts, and I think you made a really good point about saying people didn't really know the league yet. I know it's quote unquote tight end premium, but I think people kind of over-indexed in, in how yeah, well time. they thought that tight ends were going to do and perform. So I, I think with that in mind and kind of another year of learning under our belt, um, that price will actually be adjusted accordingly. So I, th- I think he's still going to be expensive, um, but there's a reason why in this exercise he's the seventh player, quote-unquote, off the board and not maybe the top three, top five. Um, there are a lot of tight end needy teams out there. There are. Um, the, the main one that comes to mind is DMP. I just don't think he's going to have the money to pay. Um, another tight end needy team who I'm looking at right now is Evil Stevie, uh, although he has Pat French Fryermuth at $2. You think he could, that could be a restructure? I think for Evil Stevie, could right now, we've gone through six players, and we've only mocked him one, and he has $265. Yeah, he's going to get some. I could see right. him restructuring that contract, but... right. I think that he's going to throw— Oh, no, he's, no, no, he had pit. Sorry, that's my mule. I took that's an edible before this, and I think it timed <laughs> it up perfectly <laughs> that it's coming on right now. So if you look at Evil Stevie, right? Um, by the way, we could talk about Evil Stevie later in terms of his anti-fraud. He's a big advocate of no, anti-fraud. No, 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 no. We settled. We He's settled. Set. Sorry. I don't want to get off tangent. Evil Stevie has a lot of money. That's the point. And up to this he point. He got it through the fraud settlement. How the right. fuck do you think he got all that money? He's got $265. Right. Pre core inflation, of course, but that, that's going to be, he's going to be swinging. If you look at 265, right, and you say, okay, I'm going to give 55 to Zeke and I'm going to give another 60 to Darren Waller, to him, it's a drop in the bucket. It doesn't matter. Um, he could start, there is a very real possibility he'll start French firing with N. Waller in the same week multiple times. Um, so I think he's going to go after Waller just because I think he's, he's a playmaker and he's a talent. At the end of the day, Evil Stevie does need some talent. Uh, the only other guy who I could see making a move for him uh, is going to be Jorland Saints. Now, Jorland Saints has Tyler Higby, racist, Trey McBride, rookie, and Logan Tomlins, who tore the ACL last year and probably just isn't that reliable. Um, Jorland Saints freed up a lot of guys. Um, some people that you thought weren't going to get cut got cut. So JOS could make a move for him, um, but if it comes down to a bidding war, I just don't think JOS has yeah. the cap because uh, he'll probably have like right around 80 or 90. So, Like you said, it's going to be interesting to see timing of when guys get nominated because right. like, are, I think people are going to be really – people who have in that like 40 to $70 to spend mm-hmm. are either going to say like, all right, I'm going to add depth pieces or I'm going to go in go for guy. one guy. So right. you got to know who that guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're, the teams you've, you've named, the, Waller could be that guy. Right. Uh, yep. So it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So you good? You good on Waller? Good on the Walrus. All right. So eighth most intriguing guy, I drafted him. I felt like he couldn't go any further. I hate to defend him. Um yeah, I, I, I hate the Seahawks uh, more than any team in the league. But DK Metcalf as a free agent, uh, even with Drew Locke, Swag Locke, whatever you want to call him, even who, who's the other guy they got over there? Oh, uh, Gino Smith. Yeah, Gino Smith. On, uh, cousin of mine. I mean, even though, like, even those guys throwing the ball, if anything, if anything, this could be a hot take. 
they might look his way more than Russell Wilson did because fucking he loved to just throw the ball up to the wide wide open Tyler Lockett because he could throw the ball further than the coverage. Right. Uh, Geno Smith can't. Right. Drew Locke can, but is it going to be accurate? I don't know. Yeah, but DK I, Metcalf's numbers didn't fall off when Russell Wilson got hurt last year. It's important. Yeah, I, I so, think yeah. he. I think he becomes like, look how big that fucking guy is. I'm going to throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's just my personal take on him as a player. Even though I don't love the team and the outlook, uh, he factors in as like a top fifteen wide receiver. Yep. I, I think uh, so. If you're a team who's looking at your roster and you feel pretty good about the quarterback and the running back situation, or you're rebuilding, he's a guy that could be a piece that you build around. Um, I, because we just mentioned it, uh, he's got so much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to be on Evil Stevie definitely next year. Definitely. Uh, to me, like of of a group of players that you know we're trying to predict, this one feels like a good fit mm-hmm. um i mean obviously he could go for a reek he could go for a nuke who we're going to talk about but uh i think dk in terms of his age and his ability he's a keith guy yep uh oh, so definitely. he's got the money to do it um what it really is going to come down to is is someone else in our league going to go you know haymaker for haymaker mm-hmm. in the bidding process um, I don't know. There's definitely teams who need wide receivers. Uh, does that align with the teams that will have the budget? So right. I think DK is going to be an interesting one. Uh, if if he gets nominated early, again, we've talked about this, he can go for 70 bucks. And I think if he gets nominated a little later after some of these re- nuke, even like mid-range guys that are available, um, I think he could go closer to that $50 range, which would be great. Yep. contract um so i'm gonna i'm gonna say like 50 55 bucks for yeah, for uh dk and i got him i got him pegged to evil stevie so if evil stevie for argument's sake goes 55 55 or let's just say fuck it let's just say 60 60 60 on all three of those guys it's 180 dollars. he still has got he still has 75 dollars. yeah but i don't i don't know if that's true with the with the cornflation no no, no it, it's around 60 70 bucks so i'm saying like he could spend 60 on all three of those guys Still have money to add other pieces. No, yeah, I mean he's he's gotta. Right. You have to imagine that based on the drops, based on the cap room, he's got a plan. We we hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, I hope he has no plan as the as the guy <laughs> holding his first pick next year. But uh, I have to imagine, you know, he's yep. a good guy. Sometimes um, he's one of the better ones. If you're talking about the scumbags this league, you got Sanchez, you got EP. I mean, he's one of the better ones. Yeah, he is. He is. Deuce and Stein, those fucking crooks. Yeah. So you got <laughs> you got to think he's got. No point is he, he's got to have a plan. So yeah. uh, I think DK Metcalf factors into that plan. Sure. Okay. Last pick for the Gino man. Uh, he's another quarterback. He was dropped today. Some would say it's a surprising cut. Rogers. Discount. Double check. Rogers. Uh, here's the thing. We talked about Kyler Murray. He's probably going to be the more expensive of the two. We could agree on that. Um, and really, in my mind, there's there's two teams who need quarterbacks really badly. Um, Cosmic Gumbo, who right now only has Jimmy G, and the Shrimp, who right now only has Jared Goff. Do you think that the Shrimp's political leanings could get in the way of this potential signing? I do, and that's why I think he's going to go after Kyler Murray. But I think in a bidding war, Kyler Murray is going to go to Gumbo. So shrimp might have to swallow it or, you know, that's a really good point that I'd even factor in. Um, he does have Aaron Jones too, which I started to factor in. But if you look at Gumbo, Gumbo has Lazard. Um, so again, there's a few different ways of thinking here. Like if Gumbo gets Kyler, sure. he probably won't go after Rodgers. And then opposite is true. If Gumbo gets Rodgers, he probably won't go after Kyler. So right. I think two of those teams are going to walk away with the quarterback. It's just hard to kind of put your finger on which one gets him. Um, I know you already mocked Kyler to Gumbo, if I'm not mistaken. So for this argument, I'll mock uh, Rodgers to Shrimp. Immediately helps his team. You have a very, very high-end QB1 in Rodgers, back-to-back MVP, and kind of a low-end QB2 in Goff um, to kind of add to a a pretty solid and respectable running back core, a nice wide receiver room, uh, and the addition of TJ Hawkinson. So Shrimp, who made the playoffs last year, all of a sudden he gets a pretty good quarterback in either Rodgers, in this case, uh, or Kyler. Shrimp could be right back in it. So 
Obviously, you know what you're getting in Rodgers. Will he take a little bit of a hit with uh, no Devontae? Sure. Is he going to win a third MVP in a row? Probably not. Is he still going to be a QB1? Yeah. So he'll be fine. Um, he's not going anywhere. So I think he's going to go for around, I would say, $42 to the shrimp. Huh. Interesting. I think that would be a good deal. I will say this before we move on to the last guy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers would not have voted yes on the Hoboken High School referendum. <laughs> So just the shrimp. When when you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're shaving tomorrow morning, just think about that. He's a quarter Russian too. I mean, yeah, he, he probably converted to Russianism. <laughs> yeah, when fucking Putin won over the border. So anyway, just, shrimp, it, shrimp better get Kyler Murray. <laughs> I just think shrimp's got to put his money where his mouth is. Uh, and and uh, yeah, so we'll see. Last guy. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be talking about another guy now who. Uh, He's not facing a, sus- a potential suspension. He is suspended for six games. Uh, of course, that is Nuke. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, for those of you who somehow don't know that moniker. Um, he had a down year last year. Um, I Another team I don't love, another NFC West team, but I think some you, you'd have to say they're due for a bit of a bounce back. Um, they added Hollywood, which I think is good for Nuke. Um, again, I think the same kind of concept applies for Nuke as it does for Kamara. Uh, just obviously this team is going to be wide receiver needy versus running back needy, but, um, you're probably going to see him go to a contender this year only because he doesn't have that age factor that some of these guys that we talked about do. So I could see someone really biting the bullet on Nuke um, and saying, you know, I'll eat those six weeks because my team is ready to go and I'm going to buy one guy and it's going to be Nuke. Uh, so with that in mind, I, 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 there's a, in my opinion, I, I think with the, th- the three wide receivers and then the flex position – Every team in the league is technically wide receiver needy. Mm-hmm. So he could really go to anyone. Um, he, he's another guy I think that uh, Evil Stevie could go for because he's traded away a lot of future picks. I think he he's not committed to the tank, but I think he's hedging his bet a little bit. By getting a guy who's going to be ready in week six, he'd say, "Fuck, well, mm-hmm. well, I was I was tanking already. That's fine." Or I'm surprisingly in the mix. I'm gonna now add Nuke to my team, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick him as the guy who who gets him. Um, I am going to go with actually, and I think this may surprise you, Gino. Maybe it doesn't. I could see Motley Jew. Going oh, for Nuke. Doesn't surprise me. There's a wide receiver in a 10-foot radius. Motley Jew is going to be dishing out the money like the Knicks just did to Jalen Brunson. That being said. Shambam. That being said. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But that being said, I do see a world. We've been talking about him a lot in these last couple picks. But I do see a world where Evil Stevie goes all in on the Nuke Kyler stack. Yeah, he oh, can 100%. afford it. He, he can. can afford it. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, and and if either of those guys get nominated in the order in which allows them to have a little bit of a discount, mm-hmm. um, why not? Right. Why not pair them? Uh, because then you're saying like, I just need a couple of the guys on my roster to outperform, and I have two. I have two kind of positions covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my guys. I don't. I, the, the, Nuke is a hard one because it's going to be. He's not the marquee guy in the sense that he's going to week one contribute. Um, so I could see him getting nominated a little later in the process, right. and maybe those who are a little more patient um, could get rewarded with although, a nuke. Although, is that the strategy to nominate a guy that you know? Well, is yeah, the first of course, everyone's weeks, gonna, right, there's so. going to be people who have no money who say I'm going to just throw wrenches in this thing right. and, and nominate guys who are just. Bum asses. Definitely, yeah. definitely. But, you know, to, to kind of wrap a bow on Nuke, it's a very, very similar argument or position to be made with Alvin Kamara. Uh, if you know what you're, quote-unquote, not getting for the first six weeks, so you, you know what you're in for. Um, but once week seven rolls around, he could be a 10-week, you know, wide receiver one. 
Now all of a sudden you're three and three, you spent $45 on them, and that's going to be a very valuable pick in the second half of the season. It's never how you start, it's how you finish. And if you finish too quickly, boom. We all know that story. So, isn't that the goal? In Japan, the men come first and the women come second. Well, sometimes not at all. Uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna uh, cut that there. Uh, we'll see if that makes the episode. Um, it will. Uh, to wrap this episode up, wraps. We are going to talk about not the most intriguing free agents, but we each picked one sleeper. Very excited about free this. agent. Um, and same same format. We're gonna talk about. Um, we're going to talk about price. We're going to talk about the player's outlook, and we're going to talk about team that could potentially go yeah. for them. Uh, Gino, kick us off. Man, I'd love to. I've been waiting for this all damn and day. And say his name right, please. Raheem Moster. No. Rahimius. Rahimius Moster. I think when you told me to say his name right, I actually was good at saying Rahimius until you put it there. Joke's on you, fat boy. <laughs> Call an ambulance, but not for me. Here's the thing I like about Raheem Mostert. Uh, you look at the running back depth. Well, let's start on a, a more they macro. A billion running backs. Let's start on a more macro level. New head coach in Miami after Brian Flores uh, left, got fired, sued the NFL. Sounds like Ross. a DVOA right. argument coming up. Mike McDaniels come in. Um, you know, was the running game coordinator, offensive coordinator in San Francisco. Spent time with Shanahan. Very, very smart guy. Actually, a really, really funny guy. Um, he has been, what, a few years sober now. So he was, like, bad at alcohol. Read up on Mike McDaniel. Great guy. Point I'm trying to make is he knows how to run the ball. Now, second point is you look at the receiving, uh, the running back depth in that room. Chase Edmonds, as of now, based on the money that they gave him, is probably number one. However, I can't trust Chase Edmonds as my RB1. I can't trust him to stay healthy for 17 weeks. Sonny Michelle, same thing, more of a goal line guy, although saw great usage last year with your LA Rams. And then you got Miles Gascan, uh, and then Ahmed. So if you look at Raheem Mostert, I mean, granted, he's coming off a bad ACL injury. He might not be the starter week one, but that's a guy by mid-October, early November. You get him for a very, very good price, two, three, four, fuck, even $7. Now, all of a sudden, you stash him and you just watch his stock slowly and slowly rise. I'm not even talking for your team. I'm talking for a win-now team in Ooh, October he's talking about a trade or piece. November. This is why he's the most fascinating guy, because if he does come into his own and he has history with the Niners— if he comes into his own mid-October, early November, now all of a sudden you hold him, you hold all the cards. You could say, I want a second-round pick for him. You could say, I want another player for him. Or if you're 5-2, and 6-3, and three, you could say, no, he's my RB3. Raheem Mostert is the guy. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people are going to go after him, especially listening to this pod. Um, I'm going to be bidding on him. The funny thing is, is that Sandy Michelle is also a free agent. So you can, you can try call it. your shot. You could call your shot. You could double dip to secure. That's going to be more expensive and uh, more of a headache. But I think Raheem Mozart is the guy at the end of the year. I just don't know how he's going to perform the first three weeks in September. I'm going to just quickly play devil's advocate here. Um, he strikes me as the type of guy who pulls a hamstring in camp and doesn't even make the team. Very possible. Um, <laughs> That's now, why he is a sleeper. <laughs> now, in that, no, no, sure. I'm playing devil's advocate too. Uh, now, in that, in that outcome, he doesn't even he doesn't even get drafted. Correct. So it, it's we're hoping that that injury, if it happens, right. uh, happens early in camp. But my point is, uh, your argument, which is completely valid, is murky backfield. A lot of guys injury prone. It could fall into his lap. The, the reverse argument that I'm not necessarily making, but I'm going to say it out loud, is murky backfield, injury-prone running backs. He's one of them. Definitely. Um, so I think it, he's, he's a good guy for a sleeper because mm-hmm. his range of outcomes is so ridiculously wide. Right. So who, who is he? Where is he going? I think he's going to go towards the end of the auction. Um I'm definitely going to throw some money at him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to his original owner, Snake Eyes, but then I would make the argument, why did you cut him? So it looks like Snake Eyes is over. I'll tell you who he's not going to. It's 
It's not going to the Phantoms. Because <laughs> the Phantoms doesn't trust anyone with an ACL injury over the past two decades. Oh, you're 34 and had your ACL torn in the womb? Yeah, I'm not taking you. So that, I know, who is not going to be a future okay. member. Um, I, I will definitely bid on him. But again, to your point, if he gets nominated first, you know, or if he gets nominated 30th, there's big difference. Be, be big range. Yep. Cool. Uh, so I'm going to wrap it up. My sleeper. Uh, he's a sleeper in the sense that in over the course of his career, he hasn't been great. Uh, you wouldn't even probably see him on a roster. Uh, outside of the recent news, that recent news being uh, Gronk retiring, I am going with Cameron Brait. You can be the contra- – maybe not – maybe contrarian is the wrong word, but the – arbitrage guy going for the cheaper commodity and go for Cade Otten, but for the for the sake of knowing who the player is and familiarity with the offense and the, the personnel is Cameron Brait for now. Um, again, we talked about a lot of teams needing tight ends. He strikes me as a scratch-off ticket type of guy uh, who, when you look at that offense and Godwin, there's a wide-ranging there's a big variety of, of uh, sort of outcomes for his injury. People are talking about December maybe for Godwin coming back. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, yeah. uh, you got Evans and Gage. Russell Gage. Who's, yeah. who's good. Don't get me wrong. Russell Gage. He flashed at the end of the year. But if he's, if he's uh, carrying a big load – can he do it? Uh, Carry a big load. So I could I could see Cameron Bray sort of being a, a a secondary to Mike Evans' red zone guy for sure um, in a team that figures to score a lot of touchdowns. So yeah. um, if you're you know someone who doesn't have the funds for a Pitts for a Waller. Um, and you don't already have a guy on your team that you feel great about. Yep. Uh, he strikes me as the type of sweet spot for a lot of teams. So makes it hard to guess who it's going to be. I think he's going to go probably for around like 10 bucks. I think that'll probably be like in a vacuum expensive. But if you have the 10 bucks, who gives a fuck for, right. for one year scratch off? So. I'll say this. I don't know where he's going. I could see DMP being in on him for sure. I could even I could even see Sanchez just trying to like get that stack. Um such a bad guy. For for just to just to have it. Yep. Um but uh I'm gonna be in on him for sure. I'm Definitely. not gonna have too too much money, but he's the type of guy that I'd be willing to like split my my cap for. Mm-hmm. Um so he's in my opinion, he's an interesting guy in a position that doesn't have a lot of talent available so um he's my sleeper and uh unless you want to say something about it gino we're we're at 58 minutes so uh, an hour the hour mark for our first episode back is pretty good our lungs and our our vocal cords you know we we hadn't really done much practicing but like we said we're we're going to bring the content over the next four weeks the content to you i want to give an announcement we just signed a new deal with trident You'll be on the pod next week. Uh, Mr. Rapp signed a lifetime deal. Uh, looking for more sponsors, but every single week leading up to the rookie draft, what we'll do, co-hosts, we'll break down three teams each or four teams each. Kind of think how the math works there. Three teams. Three teams. Say what we like, what we don't like, their needs going in, their overall projection pre-vet draft. Uh, Going to be a really exciting summer. Counting down the days. These are the dog days of summer, so we just got to get through these next two months. Well, and, and, and God, again, we got another. It's just baseball, up. so we're bringing the content. Right, right. We are your go-to. Uh, everything corn. It has been a fantastic first episode of the 2022 season. We are back. Well, it's interesting you say that because it's the first episode of the 22, 2022 season, but it's the last day of the 2021-2022 league calendar. So The last light of Durance day. I don't Anyone know. get the reference? Is that a fight club? It's a fight club. It's Smaug. The gate will appear on the last light of Durance day. Oh, I, the, the moon is the last light. It, EP's going to love is it. Is that so Lord of the Rings? That's, that's the Hobbit. Yeah. yeah. EP and Shrimp are going to be whacking off to that. 
it's oh, because you said Duran, because isn't isn't uh J- Jalen Duran the guy's name or not Jalen Duran? Uh, Jalen Durden? Why Jalen Dar? No, that's Jalen Darden. Yeah, why no, is he? Duran is the guy from Fight Club. Look it up. Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden. <laughs> yeah. Say um, my name, Tyler Durden. Yeah. Tyler Durden. Yeah. Anyway, um, great. Like movie. I said, the edible is full effect. Are we quoting Fight Club? Yeah, we're trying. Um. <laughs> Anyway, it's uh, 59 minutes and 37 seconds. I'm going to cut it off. God bless you all. God bless America. It is Memorial. Th- sorry. <laughs> it is July 4th weekend. I'm a little sto. Go get some corn. Eat that corn.